Life is not just the passing of time. Life is a collection of experiences, their frequency and their intensity. Life is not just watching the clock tick away. Life is a collection of experiences, their intensity, their frequency. Love, a job you find joy from, is not something you discover. It's not like, I found love. Here it is. I found a job I love. That's not how it works. Both of those things require hard work. You are in love because you work very hard every single day of your life to stay in love. You find a job that brings you ultimate joy because you work hard every single day to serve those around you and you maintain that joy. It's not a discovery. But the problem is the sense of impatience. It's as if an entire generation is standing at the foot of a mountain. They know exactly what they want. They can see the summit. What they can't see is the mountain. This large, immovable object. Life, career fulfillment, relationships are journeys. The problem is this entire generation has an institutionalized sense of impatience. And do they have the patience to go on the journey to maintain love, to feel fulfilled, or do they just quit and on to the next, dump and on to the next, ghost and on to the next? God didn't bring you in this world to be average. God didn't bring you in this world to wake up and die one day and just be another person that lived and died and didn't do anything significant in this world. You're still alive, so therefore God is not done with you. You're still here. God has a plan for your life. God has things in mind for you beyond anything you could ever imagine. But you know what I discovered? When you're working at your dream, somebody said, the harder the battle, the sweeter the victory. Oh, it's sweet to you. It's good to you. Why? See, when, you, when it's hard and there's a struggle, see, what you become in the process is more important than the dream. That's far more important. The kind of person you become, the character that you build, the courage that you develop, the faith that you're manifesting. Oh, it's, it's something that you get up in the morning, you look yourself in the mirror, you're a different kind of person. You walk with a different kind of spirit. And people know that you know what life is, that you have embraced life. You knew it was hard, but you did it hard. Key phrase, self-protection leads to mediocrity. Self-service leads to fortune. Self-investment leads to fortune. Look, if you want to get rich, you want to be really successful. When I say rich, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about a rich life, freedom, time with family, choices, get to do what you want. You get to move where you want, go where you want, do what you want. My dad died when he was 52 years old. My dad worked his whole life to provide for five kids and his wife, and he did his job, and then he died. That's not the program I want to get on. Is that the program you want to be on? My dad died, his he bought his dream house nine months before he died. He leaves two 10-year-old boys, one of me. I'm a twin. Two 10-year-old boys never got to enjoy us. I never got to enjoy him. Why? Because he worked so hard with no concept of freedom. He had a good job. He made some money, but he is basically imprisoned in his thinking that work is hard. It's a bigger dream waiting for you, just waiting for you to step into it, to step into it. 
Your life is big. Your life is huge. And we spend so much time wanting to be in somebody else's life. And you don't get honored. You don't get revered. You don't get celebrating wanting what somebody else has because that which created you, divine intelligence that dreamed you from before your ancestors ever knew they would become your ancestors, that which dreamed the seed of you wants you to know how special, how wondrous, how mysterious, how complex, how glorious, how phenomenal you are. And you get no credit messing in somebody else's territory or trying to have power over something you have no control. Another one of my favorite teachings is the Wizard of Oz. When the witch, Wicked Witch of the West says, go away from here because you don't have any power here, you have no power in any territory other than your own. Oh, but you are the master of that. You get to be the master of your own fate. You get to be the captain of your own soul. And if you just manage that, if you just took care of your territory, oh, the glorious, 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 wondrous, wondrous opportunities and possibilities that are waiting for you. So the question is, what are you resisting? What are you pushing against? What are you not allowing? What are you blocking? Because you have this idea of who and what you're supposed to be instead of leaning into the dream that's already been created and waiting for you. It's waiting for you. And the second, I mean, it doesn't, it's an instant thing. It's a shift in the way you see yourself and the power from which you have come. Achieve greatness in little things. Take on difficulties while they are still easy. Do great things while they are still small. The sage, the sage, does not attempt anything very big and thus achieves greatness. Greatness comes from being in the moment, here, present, in the now. The sage confronts difficulties, but never experiences them. This is the idea of thinking small. And finally, I'd like to see you change from this thought. Change from seeing yourself as separate to seeing yourself as connected to everyone and everything in the universe. I sat and read an essay called The Whole Man by Abraham Maslow. And Maslow was the first person that I'd ever seen in the field of psychology who spoke about we should not be assessing who human beings are and what they're capable of doing based upon what's missing or what's wrong or what they can't do or their weaknesses. We shouldn't study neurology uh, or the neuro neurological disorders. We shouldn't study the, how uh, psychotic people are or how neurotic they are. We should look at the greatest achievers who've ever walked among us, know that they all came from the same intelligence and recognize and help people to find that within themselves. And as I read this essay, I was so taken by it. And he talked about the qualities or the characteristics of what he called self-actualizing people. 
And he said the number one quality and characteristic of these people who live at the apex of what he called self-actualization, who are way beyond just taking care of their biological needs, who are way beyond their social needs, who are way beyond needing to be loved and so on. These are people who came here with a purpose. These are people who have a dharma. These are people who won't let anyone else determine what it is they're going to be. He said their number one quality of these people is that they are independent of the good opinion of other people. They listen to an inner voice. Yes, our physical body is what it is, but we can make choices about it. Yes, our spiritual body, our purpose, our dharma, what we're here for, it's also doomed, but we make choices. What are the choices? You came here to be a great artist. I did a whole film on this, it's called The Shift. And this whole idea is that you, you came here to be a great artist, do you pick up a paintbrush? Do you do what Van Gogh did? You just go out there and, and, and paint because it's in your soul? Because the second characteristic of self-actualizing people, according to Maslow, is that they are detached from outcome. They don't do what they do because of what result is going to come to them because of how much money they're going to make, how much prestige they're going to get, how big their business is going to grow. That is not what motivates self-actualized people. What motivates self-actualizing people is this is my calling. I found myself reading the Bhagavad Gita for the third time in the last three months. I just keep reading it over and over, just like when I did the Tao eight years ago when I turned 65 and couldn't stop it. And the teachers showed up. The Buddhist proverb is that when the student is ready, the teachers will appear. It's not whether there's teachers there, there's teachers everywhere. Everything is a teaching. The question isn't whether the teachers are there, the question is how willing are you to pay attention? How willing are you to listen to that inner voice that no one else can hear? That little scurvy elephant in there that says, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> you can't tell me what I'm here for. You have to, it takes a kind of fearlessness because fear is such an omnipresent force in our lives. I do what I do because of the passion I feel. I am not here because of what you paid me to be here for. I am not here because of any need that I have to sell another book. I am not here for anything external to myself. I am here because I have a passion within me. Hey guys, my name is Mark Cox. I took what was $2,000 of loaned money from school and turned it into over $750,000 while in college. Now that I'm out of college and graduated, I day trade for a living and teach people just like you how to trade and get financial freedom or at least get another source of income. With my system, you not only get courses that teach you all the basics and what you need to know before jumping into stocks, but also you're gonna learn how to do everything the right way and work with me personally. As long as you have a cell phone or a computer, you can learn how to trade right from anywhere in the world as long as you have Wi-Fi. So join me, get started now, and let's become a profitable trader.